what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. We'll try not to like too much talk over each other, but again, we are girls and we are Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay, you know, moving on. Moving on. Like, well, make it bother. <laughs> like, it's like a cracked out T bird, some grease. Yeah. I can you know, she's got that black hair. Welcome to Chick Chat. This is the one episode, if you are going to listen to anything of ours, no, I take that back. I mean, I want you to listen to all of them, but. This is the episode we've been waiting for. We have been drooling all week for this. Now, we purposely scheduled this to happen after the 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 famous, the infamous, I'm not sure which one it is yet, interview of Harry and Meghan with Oprah Winfrey. So we've scheduled this on purpose. Luckily, I believe we're in the upper hand here because we have re- We are recording this almost one week afterwards, which means we've got extra stuff to talk about that has happened in the week since the interview. So we're going to get straight to it. This is Chick Chat. Thank you for listening here on The Mesh. I'm Mary Margaret. That's Jeanette. How are you doing, Jeanette? Good. How are you? I'm ready. I know. I know. You know, this is my favorite episode because it's full of royalty. I know, I know. And, and you know, the our loyal listeners um, know that we talk about royal stuff. Like we just do, it's just what we do. And we will, we will resume our normal broadcasting schedule after this <laughs> and a different episode. But please don't expect any of our other waxing poetic of television and entertainment news and stuff that you're wanting to hear because we have serious business to discuss. We're not even going to chat about our kids and what pandemic has been doing to us right now. We're going to hop right into it. Nobody cares cares about our kids. We only care about Archie. We are are here to discuss all the details, all the English tea, all of it right now. So we're going to get started. Here's how this is going to play out. (laughs) So if you are someone who's listened to the show, I am putting out a disclaimer here at the very beginning. It is widely known throughout this network that I'm not a huge Meghan Markle fan. Okay. It is widely known that Jeanette is. (laughs) So, however, I'm a big Harry fan. So we are going to discuss the topics today. We're going to talk about the bombshells, the things that have happened since the interview and, and just go through it. Um, I took notes during the interview when I watched it. And so I'm ready to go. I'm going to kind of go through our points. I believe that in order to give this all the attention it deserves, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate throughout the show. I know that Jeanette is a very smart lady <laughs> that can give me the answers I'm looking for. Some of them, I'm just playing up to the hype of things. And I'm putting, again, the disclaimer out there that, no, I'm not a big Megan fan. However, I am in support of things that I learned and and support them in this. 
but I still have questions. I still have questions. I feel like a lot of people have questions. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's just get right to it. Okay. I think it's going to be very clear on where we stand on things as we discuss. The first thing I want to know. Okay. we'll, We'll backtrack out here. We have an interview set up. It was announced weeks and weeks in advance that Harry and Meghan were going to sit down for an exclusive interview with Oprah. We know that they're neighbors. We know that uh, she was at their wedding. So there has been a connection there for many years. Um, and so we, we knew there was, from the teasers, we know there was nothing that was um, off limits. We heard that we, everybody wanted to watch it, right? So Jeanette, here's my first question. And, and I know it'll be hard, but let's not go into too many details about what they talk about yet. Okay. But from your opinion, why are they doing this interview? Why do it with Oprah and why do it national television? Why? Yeah. That's the one question that I've, I haven't come to a clear answer on, but it's one that I've thought about. But I also think it's a damage. At first I thought, okay, they're getting paid for this, but they made clear it again at the beginning, not getting paid for this. Right. Made very clear. Now we will say that they, that the licensing was sold to CBS. It is unclear as to who got that paid, uh, who got paid for that. Right. Um, Because that was like $7 million. Right. Don't know if it's Harpo Productions, which is Oprah's or whatnot. Doesn't matter. Whatever. They were not getting paid to do this interview. (laughs) Oprah did not go to them and say, I'll pay you this money to sit down with me. Moving on. I think a lot of it may have to do with the fact that they walked away um, thinking that solves a lot of our issues. You know, we'll just take ourselves from the equation. We'll take ourselves out of the picture. Therefore, it will give the press nothing to talk about. It will um, it will ease things in the family, I think. And I'm not going to get Twitch details. I'm sure we'll talk about it. And a lot of that became clear of what I mean by that. <clears throat> um, but I think Harry in particular, because he stated that he had seen some of the headlines and heard some things and Megan had heard some things. A lot of it was just to get their side of the story out there because they felt like nobody else was going to clear the air. Megan in particular was going to continue to be smeared and blamed and whatnot, whatever. And that may still continue. And as we've seen over the past week, some of that has still continued. But I think they felt that if no one, if, if, no one's going to take up for us. If no one's going to put the truth out there, then it's up to us to do that in a safe space. Um, other than that, I can't come up with a good reason for why. Um, right. You know, I thought timing wise, maybe it was once they decided that they were going to permanently step away. That was it. Um, and maybe that is it you know, telling their side why we're deciding to leave permanently instead of just taking 
a year break or a few years break, why we're going to make this a permanent move. Maybe this was more driven by here. We, we, I think got more of Megan's side because I think she had more story to tell. Um, And Harry was kind of just coming in at the tail end, supporting it, giving additional details as he saw it. Um, But maybe that has something to do with it. You know, they said the announcement that the decision was made before they knew about the sit down, um, but knew that that news was going to come out. So maybe they thought, you know, if we're going to do this, we have to tell people why. And we have to tell our side of the why instead of the UK's version of the why, which is Megan stole our prince. (laughs) Right. So, so, so with that, yes, I, 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 I've been struggling with that question and I'll come back to it later after we discuss a little bit of what they said. Um, because again, I still have questions with it, but, um, I agree with you. This was very much the, the Megan interview, right? Um, I, I, you don't want to use stereotypes. However, I, you know, Harry very much fit the, persona of the stereotypical British royal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, don't say too much, space out your words so that it's clear yet not giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> and Megan was very eloquent in the way she spoke and very crisp and clear, but but had a lot to say, mm-hmm. you know, and and that is, you know, maybe that's that the way they play off each other, which that's great, you know, but it was very, very Megan focused, right? Um, clearly, I mean, as we know, we know why now, I mean, yes, it was Megan focused. Um, so, you know, I loved hearing, and this was a theme throughout the interview, but I loved hearing that Megan feels and believes that she has a very good relationship with the queen. Yes. That she always did. Um, I feel that she mentioned uh, a couple of specific instances, you know, where the queen kind of took her under her wing, if you will, and gave her little gifts or treated her to certain things. Um, but but I was pleased to hear that that seemed to be a good and positive relationship. And it continues to be. We saw, yeah. Exactly. We saw in some of those little bonus clips, you know, where they were out with their chickens and stuff. Their rescue um, chickens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to dig too much into that because that was a little campy, a little for me, corny. But yeah. the whole a little bit. the thing with the whole Little Mermaid thing. I was like, okay, oh, we've gone over, we've yeah. got the shark, we've got to end this interview soon. <laughs> this is this is where you're losing us, Megan. Right. Okay, we had this reeled in, but now the tears are there, and I was like, really? <laughs> no, I'm like, let's let's not go. Even Harry kind of looked at her like. Harry's Harry's yeah. pulled his, his I told you it wouldn't work. I told you I told you now she wasn't gonna go over well. <laughs> yeah. The, Harry's like, Megan, this is Oprah. You said, we don't need to discuss things. When like you this. said it to me, I was like, eh. Then you said it to millions <laughs> of people. <laughs> yes, I mean, bless her heart. Bless her heart. heart. That, I mean, that I was get it. it was beautiful if you know you're telling your five-year-old. If you're telling your daughter this later in life and using that as an analogy, beautiful. I'm a 46-year-old woman. I was just kind of like, I mean, I guess. (laughs) But but I didn't need to know that. Little stretch, but cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, 
the the clip we saw where she mentioned that, and it was very brief. It was really quick. It kind of came in right after the commercial where she said that when they found out that Prince Philip had gone into the hospital, she immediately called the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd love that. Like, you know, the queen does. Does the queen have like a direct line, like a red, like a red? <laughs> Yeah, like a red phone, you know, that you can just pick it up and it kind of goes straight to her, or like the emergency button or something. But, you know, I, I like that. But but I've made that point because I'm going to come back to that later. So we've established that the queen, you know, seems to have a very um, respected role in their minds. And, and they, you know, love her um, as, of course, Gran. And as well as the queen. And it's reciprocated um, about her. It seems to be reciprocated from the queen's end. That's, that's what we are, are believing. Yes. Um, I think, you know, one thing that came out was that Mary, uh, Mary, Harry and Megan were married three days prior to the televised event. I love that too. Um, not, not, I'm, I'm honestly not that surprised by that. Um, I think I get what they were saying. The The televised version was for the people, you know, that was the grandeur of it. Um, but, you know, I think that's sweet. That's great. Get, it get does seem like it was yeah. maybe a stress stressor, a stress point, And it got to be, yeah. it, it started spinning out of control more than they wanted it to. And they realized what it was. And it seemed to me like it was just one of those spur of the moment conversations where Harry was just kind of like, I've got the Archbishop of Canterbury <laughs> that I can just ring up and invite to our backyard. And she was kind of like, Oh, okay. Right. I, I'm, uh, this is where it comes into the first, what I would consider bombshell, right? Is that the reports that Megan made Kate cry. Mm-hmm. Megan has revealed that that was actually the reverse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found several times playing devil's advocate, found several times while I was watching Megan talk that when she would reveal something like this, she she almost gave off the vibe at the beginning or, or right before she would make a statement. She gave off this vibe of, "Ooh, I don't want to tell this. But I'm gonna tell you. Well, and she here. and she did say I protected her because it wasn't. It, it very much seemed like it's one of those. Okay, to to us, it's kind of like who doesn't cry in the planning of their wedding at some point? <laughs> who, like, like whether it's over the table settings, the seating arrangements, someone's gonna say something, and whether they mean to or not, it's gonna set you off. I mean. And, I had a very and small wedding and I cried at like certain points where I was just like, I don't care. Just do whatever you want. I don't care. Right. And I feel like obviously, you know, both of us as married women yeah. have felt the stress of your wedding planning, yeah. right? Big, small, doesn't matter, whatever. It's, it's because you want things perfect right. for your day. Right. And so, yes, the heightened stuff. Now, Megan did go into how she felt, um, you know, like that was the very beginning of the downward slope, if you will, of her relationship with the Royals. Right. Um, this was the kickoff point. This was what started the campaign against Megan. Um, I think, you know, 
I appreciate that she said she apologized mm-hmm. to um, that Kate that apologized, Kate apologized yeah. to Megan. Yes. And Megan says, and I forgave her. And now we've moved on. Because it was just I, about bridesmaids dresses and my feelings were hurt. It's nothing to like linger on about for right. a year. And the fact that she I didn't go into detail about what it was, because it almost seems like it's not a significant detail. And she recognized that like, she's not going to say Kate just didn't like the color or she thought that her daughter, you know, she was just like, yes, it was about bridesmaids dresses, but you know, it was, my feelings were hurt. She owned it. She apologized. We've moved on. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of just, you know, the, the Kate lover that I am, I kind of am sitting there thinking, Ooh, Ooh, this just opened up some, some wounds, right? Like, you know, yes, you have received an apology and that's fantastic. Bravo. However, why you got to tell everybody now, (laughs) you know, and I understand that she's correcting her name. You know, she's correcting these rumors because she felt this was the beginning of it. But again, this is just the buildup in my mind as I'm watching it going, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be bad. Talking about the rest of the dirt that's about to come. So what, what was to me very strange about that whole story is that it came out six months later. So obviously, yes, in the UK, they're still talking about the wedding six months later. I get it. And I haven't put the time frame together yet, but I'm starting to wonder if, because we'll get to Harry, but he said something about when he perceived it all started. And I'm wondering if that story didn't come out almost as a precursor to we can't let her get as popular as she is. We've got to put something out yeah. there that's not derogatory, but to let them know, hey, she made our future queen cry. Our future mm-hmm. queen cry. I, I read an interview with the person who wrote that initial story. And of course, she's standing by it. She's not going to say, oh, yeah, I mean, I could have been wrong, you know. Right. I mixed up the, the princesses. Yeah, I lied three years ago. She said it came to her from two credible sources. And she did make a good point. She said, you know, Megan did say, she said, I wasn't there. I was given this from Palace Insiders. They're two reliable insiders that I've used in the past. Um, and she said, you know, Megan did say that Kate was upset and that she apologized and gave her flowers and wrote a note. So it is entirely possible that Kate did cry and Megan didn't know about it. But the perception of the people who saw Kate crying was Megan made her cry. Where in fact, it could have been Kate feeling like, oh my gosh, I've just kind of like feeling bad that she made someone else upset. And that's the person who wrote the story saying, she's like, I'm not backing down because that's what I said. I mean, that's what I was told. But I don't, right. it's not that I don't believe Megan, but I'm saying, why can't they both be true? Right. She said, but I had, this is the, but she did say, this is the first time I'm ever hearing that Kate made Megan cry. I had never heard that story until Megan said something on, as this one right. revealed it on the interview. So, well, if there's something I, I that we've that. learned. Yeah, I, I could get behind that, you know, because as with all of this stuff, I'm not there, right? right? I don't know. And the uh, majority of the world, not there to witness it. 
And something we learned in great detail in this interview was that the firm, the institution, uh-huh. you know, these these terms are are used because this is a a business. Yes. You know, this is a family business, which is something else we're gonna keep in mind again for later. But it's very much a PR business. Absolutely. Um you know, it's it. It was made very clear that the powers that be, if you will, the firm, are are able to do a lot of things, but the institution itself is is obviously greater than that. And and I sort of have to picture it very childlike in my mind of like the little circles, right? There's the firm in the little circle, and then there's the institution that's got the firm inside the bigger circle. Mm -hmm. And where you fall in it really is almost like a chart. You know, if you're at this level of the chart, then you get this much stuff. But if you're at this level of the chart, the lower level, then you only get this much mm-hmm. stuff. And it's, you know, it, it seems very businessy um, to an outsider listening to them talk about this, which <clears throat> I, I, I have some personal feelings about. So we are told by Megan that the, the uh, backlash started pretty immediately in the fact that she felt uh, or was told, she was told that she would be protected. Yes. And that that is the, the main thing of everything is that she did not feel protected. That's why they chose to leave. That's why she had depression. That's why um, Archie doesn't have a title. That's all these different things came from the protection of stuff. Correct? Yes. Okay. So, You know, my 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 favorite line, and I think everybody else probably out there was when Oprah said, "Were you silent or silenced?" And she used her fingers yeah. with it, you know. Um, and and Megan, of course, said the latter. Um, I still have questions about this. You know, did you feel that you were silenced, or were you told to keep your mouth shut? Oh, I can 100% believe that she was told to keep her mouth shut. Now, let's not forget that Megan is not the first royal, senior royal, to give an interview. So I did go back and watch, not the whole thing, but I watched snippets of Fergie's interview when she was married to Andrew and leaving that marriage. Same thing with Mm -hmm. Diana. The narrative is the same. Yes. You can tell that the personalities the personality types of all three women are similar. Well, I'll say Fergie and Megan are similar where they they seem to be more extroverted. Um, yes. Diana was a little more introverted, but still using her voice for good. So I guess, yeah. but strong. So I, that's the similarity, mm-hmm. stronger women, but they all said the same thing. I couldn't say what I wanted to say because I had to protect the institution or the firm or the family or whatever words they used all the same. I felt muzzled essentially that it wasn't about me. 
It was about the family. And so I, I 100% believed Megan can't get out there and on her own, hold a press conference or go somewhere or call up the news meeting and say, I've got something to say. She can only sure. do what is scheduled and planned and in her diary for her to do. And she's not going to go off script because she loves Harry. That became even more obvious during this interview. She's not going to get up there and on her platform and say, pull a Connie and be like, okay, I've said that. Now I've got something else to say. <laughs> you know, like that's just not something she was going to do. Um, and I think she was okay with that in the beginning until she realized that they weren't going to stand up for her and she wasn't going to be able to stand up for herself because she didn't have, she no longer had that platform. Right. So, so the bit about her saying she really knew nothing about royal life, royal customs, if you will, and Harry, for that matter. I, I'm, I find it so hard to get behind because, you know, I, I do my research on the person I see like a Facebook post on something on a topic that I'm curious about, you know, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I understand everybody's different like this. Right. But I'm, I was watching that and I watched Megan say like, I really didn't know anything about all this and okay, sure. Like maybe you're one of those really cool people that can get away with that. But I don't know something about the fact if I knew that I was dating a prince and Prince Harry at that, like, mm -hmm. this isn't, you know, I mean, this is Prince Harry, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like there would be a little more on her. I understand. She said that she wasn't given like any sort of classes or anything, right. you know, but it happened really quick. Right. And so I, I would love to have, I would love to be a fly on the wall, right? Like for all of this stuff, I would love to be a fly on the wall because are we, are we really to believe that she was brought into this family and then thrown in a cottage and the door locked behind her? I believe, I believe a lot of that. I do. I believe that she never Googled Harry after she found out after the blind date. Okay, I, I'm thinking she may have looked up her husband, but it would seem a little odd to be like, of course I Googled him. I mean, it's Prince Harry. I'm on dates with him. Right. I mean, well, <laughs> well, how much do you have to Google? Right. That's right. what I want to Right. What do you have to Google? Right. Do I think, I do believe, because I think even in normal families, you don't know what you're getting into until you're in it. Our version, we all have a very romanticized version or of what the royal family is. That's what our belief is because the fairy tales that we're told, you know, in the movies and whatnot, or they only are going to show you what they want you to know. So we always see the good. We always see everything presented as a good. And, you know, where Harry's like, you know, it's a, it's an agreement between us and the press. We get favorable coverage if we allow them, you know, access to certain things or to have their holiday parties at the palace. So do I believe that she married Harry and then had no idea what she was getting into with the family. Absolutely. Now, to say that she didn't realize that there were going to be customs and there, I mean, she even said, I was had to curtsy when I first met the queen at a family lunch. I honestly thought that was just like 
in public, you know, when we're attending functions sure. and, and she's, but I didn't know that like behind the scenes when I'm just grabbing dinner with her at the dinner table that I had to curtsy to her. And she's like, it was only in the way they way there that Harry was like, Oh yeah. Do you know how to curtsy? And she's like, well, what do you mean? We're just going to lunch. And she's like, he, he she's like, we're going to lunch with your grandmother. And he was like, yes, but she's the queen. And she's like, Oh crap. <laughs> like, All right. right. And she ended up doing like this full on, curtsy like to the floor deep very deep curtsy so there are some and that's all very hard for me to 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 process um and and that's hard for me because me personally you know the the stories that I know from Diana from Fergie the stories you know maybe it's my age like the time that we grew up right I mean can clearly remember my mom crying watching the news footage after Diana had died Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, experiencing it, being old enough to understand all this stuff, um, really having sort of an entertainment value knowledge of this stuff. um, That's why it's hard for me to process this. Right. You said it though. An entertainment value. She probably had that same view. Like I'm going to marry my prince, but you know, we're going to live in a castle. Yes, we're going to do that. There's going to be things that I have to, rules that I have to follow people, you know, that I have to work with that'll be catering to me. Did she expect to be like, maybe not see her keys, maybe not see her driver's license, maybe not see her passport, you know, like what we don't know. I mean, I don't know that they went into full detail about everything she experienced, you know, there in that family. I would imagine there are some things that are very lonely about it that maybe that made and maybe some customs that she wasn't like, Oh, like, do I think she went into this knowing that any child she had wouldn't be protected? Do I think she went into this knowing that she wouldn't be protected? Do I think she, I mean, you know, we see the lifetime movies of, where they've taken Kate and they've groomed her. You're going to be the future queen. You have to know how to walk. You have to know how to talk. You have to know how to sit. And Megan made a point of saying, none of that was given to me. Like I didn't know how to cross my legs. And so when stories would come out about her crossing her legs, she's like, nobody told me that that was an actual rule. Like, I'm sure she's like us where she reads things and she's like, oh, come on, that can't be real. And then it's only then when you get into it and you're like, oh my gosh, like seriously, I'm not allowed to cross my legs. Oh, seriously, I have to wear pantyhose everywhere I go and closed-toed shoes and only a certain color of nail polish. Like, I think even I doing as much Googling and research on the royal family, even if I got into that family, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not sure this is like the fairy tale it's it's all cracked up to be, you know, like sure. I don't know. I, I can believe some semblance of that. I believe that she did have some understanding that it would it wouldn't be as free as it was just being a private citizen, but maybe not as restrictive as it was. I mean, she's probably thinking in her mind, I'm a royal, I can do whatever I want. My husband's a royal, we can do whatever we want. Only to find out, well, not so much. You know, like, right? I, mean, so I can believe that. When you, when you find out that you're kind of married into a family business, mm-hmm. if you will, um, I, I'd like to think I have some experience in the whole family business thing, right? Oh, this yeah. is, <laughs> you know, right. You know I, I, we're not royals, but, but family business is kind of what my family does. Yes. Um, 
it's, it's Jeanette knows me well enough to know, like, that's how I grew up. Everything's in the family business. Um, I know Jeanette's relationship with her family. Like we're, we're family oriented people, right? Like I get that. So at what point do you have to kind of say, okay, well, this is their family and how they do things. I'm, I'm the, the new one. I'm the newbie here. Um, and I kind of got to work my way into it. So, so with that comes and, and you and I are both married and I've got a husband who married into a family (laughs) business, if you will. Um, you know, I, I know on that instance, it takes a while, right? Like it's hard to break into somebody's family, right? Mm -hmm. When you're the new kid in town, that's just common sense. But I know that my husband expects me to do a little speaking up and standing up for him, Mm -hmm. right? Because he is the new guy, but he's having to learn it all. So one thing I found in this interview was that I felt like there was not a lot of, well, Harry went and stood up for me, but they pushed him away too or something, right? So while there were little hints of, you know, well, they did, they said this around Harry or they did this around Harry, I did feel and get the overall vibe that, that there wasn't much kind of being done in support of Megan. He was there for her and he kind of gave a nice, you know, I'll hold your hands while sitting on the steps and different things. But it's, she mentioned he wasn't there a lot. He was out doing his stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and that she heard a lot of things through Harry. Mm -hmm. Right. So this brings up the point of Archie's born Mm -hmm. and, or she's pregnant with Archie. Mm -hmm. And there was a conversation that was had that Harry heard. Harry was the one that heard it. Is that, that's what you got, right? Like she did not hear it firsthand. Right. She never heard it firsthand. Right. Yes. Right. Harry heard the conversation of someone in the firm, meaning the firm of eight, Mm -hmm. um, asking the question of, what Archie, well, their child at that time, they didn't know it would be Archie, but what color would the child be when he was born? So this is where I found that the conversation turned a lot to a a race issue. And um, so, so she says, you know, Harry told her this basically. And, and so they were very clear to not name the person who said this. Um, they neither one wanted Harry nor Megan wanted to say who said it, but we know it's in the family of eight. And then Harry clarified with Oprah off camera that it was not grandma and it was not grandpa. Right. So it wasn't the queen or Prince Philip. I know who it was. Do you? I mean, I, I have my 98% gut feeling of who it was. So do you? 
I've gone between a couple people. So let's let's dive into this a little bit. You're correct. Megan never heard it firsthand. It was never said to her directly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said while she was pregnant, while she was finding out her son wasn't going to be a prince, while she was finding out he wasn't going to be protected, Harry shared this with her. Mm-hmm. So this is all going on at the same time. Now, Harry comes out. Oprah asked him the question about it. You know, Megan told us about this conversation about the baby's race. Harry said, or no, Megan said there were several conversations with Harry. She made it clear that they were never with her, with Harry, that they were relayed to her by Harry. But Harry said it started almost immediately at the beginning. So Mm -hmm. my idea is while they're dating, while he's telling people, we are going to be married, I'm thinking this is the one. First time the conversation happens. Second time the conversation happens is after the engagement. Maybe happens again, but definitely happens when the announcement of we're pregnant and it becomes real. I think there was more of an in-depth conversation with Harry at that time. Now, to me, I've gone back and forth on... Well, why share this with her? Right. Let's clarify who the firm of eight are. Right. Okay. So the, the queen the, of the eight are. Yeah. The queen of the queen. No, Philip is not he's in not, the firm. He's not he's, firm. Okay. He retired from his royal days oh, okay. back in 2017. Okay. <clears throat> so he's not in the firm. So there's. But was the he at the time? I don't, I don't know. Okay. But the way the firm stands. Okay. The queen, Prince Edward. Prince Edward? Sophie, Sophie, his wife. Kate and Prince William. Prince Charles and Camilla. And Princess Anne. Okay, because Andrew's been stripped too. But Andrew was also part of it until earlier this year. So he could be included. I don't think it's him because Megan did say it would be damaging to them. And how much more damage could Andrew fix yeah. at this yeah. point? She probably would have called sure. out like, it's yeah. Andrew. Andrew. A-N-D-R-E-W. Andrew. He's a child molester and a racist. <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have heard of him, right? Right? Andrew, you know who that is? All right, cool. And moving on, it was Andrew. No, so I don't believe it was Andrew. Honestly, I don't know that Andrew was like, I don't know that Andrew cares. Andrew's right? in enough like trouble as it is with the whole Epps, Jeffrey Epstein yeah. thing that, you know, at underage girls. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I don't think Megan would care to protect him. <laughs> you know, you know, Andrew's in there like plugging his ears because he's like, I don't need any more I say drama. He's probably thinking his mind like, oh my God, I might have said it. Did I say it? Was I there for this conversation? I don't remember. Mother's going to get me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I didn't, I never, I, I, I didn't, I was always sticking with the top. Like my thoughts had always gone between William, Charles, Camilla, and Kate, between those four. Right. I ruled out Charles almost immediately 
simply because, you know, Harry said there's a lot of healing that needs to be done. We're working on that and I hope it can happen. Megan called Kate a good person. So I'm going to, to just kind of say, eh, but I haven't completely ruled her out. Now, Camilla, <laughs> Camilla's completely on my radar. Like, I could see her having this conversation in the context of Charles being the king. Um, I can also see it being William. As much as I don't want it to be William, I can see it being William for optics. You know, the first cousin of the future king of England Potentially, I could see Kate for the same reasons, but maybe not as much because Kate doesn't just strike me as someone who just speaks her mind freely. No, maybe she's different behind closed doors. So I've gone back and forth between Camilla, Kate and William. More so Camilla and William. Okay. I've completely ruled out Charles. Okay. You haven't? I feel in my gut and heart that it's Charles. Really? Yes. My backup to that is Kate. Again, Kate. Pains, me, pain, pains me to say it, but here's my thing. So I I watched a lot of body language, watched a lot of pauses in the in the in the in the interview, watched a lot of eye movement on things. When Charles was brought up, his name was never said except by Oprah. It was, it was almost like they were, had been PR trained to not say Charles, like don't even go there because that seems like the most strained of relationships. We heard that he stopped taking his calls for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that William has a, they've had a strained relationship um, since the, the move out, if you will. Right. Um, but my thinking is I see Charles as someone <laughs> And this is this is a, a reach. I get it. I don't know him and I don't know his his people, right? But I imagine Charles to be the person that says something. And then when everybody looks at him, he goes, What? What? I'm just asking. Like that's the guy really? that I picture him as a hundred percent. I picture him thinking all the time about being king, waiting. Wondering when is his time going to come? Mother, you're 170. <laughs> exactly. How come my mother has lived this long and has gotten to reign since she was a teenager? And how come it's not my turn yet? And wait, wait, now you're telling me that I might have a grandson who might have a little color tint to him? Wait, is this going to affect my timeline here? of King and how people perceive me and blah, blah, blah. And it's his process of thinking solely about Charles. This is what I envision. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I 
felt like Charles was a no-no topic during the interview. I felt like when they wanted to talk about Charles, as in Oprah wanted to talk about him, that they almost stiffened up a little bit. Um, I think they can't say anything damaging because, not because they don't want to call somebody out, but I think it's because he's about to be king. Okay, so... And, and they still know, like, that's mama's boy, right? Yeah. Charles is mama's boy and she's trying to prep and groom and we love grandma. So we're not going to rag on Charles publicly. We're going to tell everybody what he said or what this person said, mm -hmm. but we're not going to name names. Um, and that just keeps us all really good in the queen's graces. So yeah, I can see that because my initial thought when it, when was Charles, because Again, I don't have firsthand knowledge of this. This is all stuff that right. I'm reading. They don't call me up and be like, hey. Um, I know. But when Harry was born, I remember there being something to the context of Harry being a redhead that was said. Yep. That Diana said something in an interview about Charles's comment when he saw Harry was about his red hair. I don't remember the exact comment or the context. Well, because there's always been a question if Harry was Charles's real son. But the Spencers always. have red hair. The what? The Spencers have red hair, right? Um, and so did Diana's bodyguard that she hooked up with. So, okay. well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have, I have redhead children. I have two redhead children and I have done my research because I believed my husband nor I had red hair and the people in our immediate families did not have red hair. The research is, is that there has to be two redhead genes on both sides of the family in order to create a redhead child. Now, redhead genes can go back centuries and, and I mean, yeah. Generations after generations. So I'm not saying that there couldn't have been a redhead in the royal family. I get that. There can be. But there's always been that question of whether or not Harry was Charles's real son. Well, I had... So I, that's why I pegged Charles in the beginning. But then the things that Harry said and the things I've read, you know, in, in the days since the interview kind of was like, maybe not, maybe not Charles. And I keep going back to Megan saying it would be very damaging for them. The one person to me that a lot of time wasn't spent on that I think more people wanted more time spent on was William. He was yes, not talked agreed. about. Megan never mentioned him. Yeah. Harry only mentioned him in that to explain that there kind of really is. He's a, his brother, like what he said in the interview in Africa. He's my brother. I always love him. I'll always be there for him. But we're taking some time apart or have a space between us, whatever he said. And really nothing much was said to, about Kate. Um, other than, you know, Megan making it clear that she's a good person. Now, what I started thinking was, did Megan just throw that in there because she didn't want to create sure. something something more, you know, like right, right. she might not actually believe, she may believe that she is a good person, but believe she has flaws and that no matter what happens, no one or no one will ever believe that she does or see those flaws. But I'm with you. I could 100% see her 
having a conversation yeah. either with or around Harry with William and just throwing it out there as a question of, oh, I wonder what color the, chil- the children will be. Right. And then Harry just maybe kind of being like, not wanting to say anything, but then kind of like this right. is coming up. This has got to be an issue at some point. Right. I'm still trying to, the, the, the way I'm trying to come about this, we'll never know. But the way I'm trying to come about this is in the context of why this would be revealed to Megan. To, especially when she's pregnant and already going through a lot emotionally, mentally. Um, why did Harry reveal this? The only scenario I could come up with in my head with was either something Kate wanted to, or Megan wanted to do or had feelings about, or some conversation where Megan, this person was brought up as in wanting to, do something, maybe even godparents. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Harry's was like, there's something you should know. Right. That is the only reason why I think Kate. Not that they would make them godparents. I'm not saying that. But there's some conversation right. as to the reason why Harry felt the need to share this information with Megan while pregnant. Because this is something that... N- it could have also been in the context of why aren't they giving our son protection? Why will he never be a prince? And then Harry revealing that information. Right. Um, so, so there, there's, so a, some, there's a couple that, scenarios the, as to why he would tell Megan, but. Right. Well, speaking on that whole thing of, of now, you know, now we know that the, the race, you know, based on what, how we're watching this interview, we now know that the, the, the kind of Megan slamming um, started fairly early on. She felt like she got dragged through the mud a little more than Kate did. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I'm, I get that. Sure. Like, I think we all saw it. I also think that Megan and Kate, again, devil's advocate here. I think Megan and Kate came from different backgrounds, yeah, different acceptance absolutely. levels. And unfortunately, like, and Kate had been in the press and in the Royal life, if you will, having been around William for so long, Mm -hmm. like there had been a really long time. We all knew about Kate Middleton long before they were engaged. Um, But yet we all knew about Meghan Markle because she was on suits, you know, not because she was dating Harry. Yeah. But I mean, let's, let's, let's put that in perspective too. People are treating Meghan like she's just this Oscar winning actress who was so well-known on this side of the pond, right. like Angelina Jolie. If you didn't watch Suits and you didn't, you didn't have the USA Network, odds are Meghan Markle, when they were, they were set, most people knew of Meghan Markle in Suits after Harry. I'm not going to say most. Sure. A large majority of this people over here probably started doing their research on Meghan after that. Well, well, that's that's what people are saying, though, right? Is like, hey, you were kind of a C-level actress. So that's their first impression, right? Is, oh, well, now you got in with the royal family. So look, now you're getting to speak to 
organizations and give your, you know, because you're clearly a very philanthropic person, you know, she, we've heard some of her stuff, you know, that she's done in the past remarkable things. And I think people assumed Mm -hmm. again, people are saying like, Oh, well, this is going to give you that bigger platform. You've now reached the level of people getting to say and do whatever they want for their philanthropies. Right. But it's the, the, the point is, is that she was kind of comparing herself to how Kate got treated differently. And I kind of wanted to be like, man, but there were different reasons for that. Like, I'm not saying that it was right of how they were treating either of you before you were members of the Royal family. Like, I'm not saying that's true at all. Um, But I do think there are different things that came into play with that. Yes. um, But you do have to wonder why Kate was so readily accepted after Williams decided this was his bride. This is the woman he was going to marry. And the headlines after that versus Harry, who everyone's was like the people's prince, you know, he's Diana's son. He's the more one more like Diana of the two boys. I think Oprah did a great job of showing the disparities in coverage for the exact same things that Megan that received versus Kate, the, the touching of the baby bump. Any woman who's been pregnant, a lot of times it's been with your hands on your stomach because it's there. Like it's, there's nowhere else to put your hands really, you know, and you're going to touch it. It's a baby. It's inside of you. It's a protective thing. Um, But the headlines with that, the headlines with the avocados, the headlines when they were dating, it was, it was almost to the point where Harry had to take a step back and say, well, maybe you don't feel the way about me that you really thought you did because William decides he's, bringing this person to the family and the tie changes on the coverage that print that Kate is getting, but you go for the jugular for the person that I've decided that I love and I want to marry. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is why Chelsea Davy didn't want this life because she saw what it was. Was it Chelsea Davy? Yeah. Yep. yep. Because Mm -hmm. she saw firsthand because she spent so much time with the family and with Harry what could happen? And unfortunately, that turned out to be the case for Harry and Meghan. Maybe, you know, um, I just, I can't, I guess, not keep in mind um, the idea, and you've said it plenty of times before on previous episodes, that, you know, Harry is not going to be the king. Right. He's already sixth in line. You know, like, the, the possibility of him being king at any point is so far-fetched, right? This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. And... And I believe that that has to be um, considered as well. Um, We learned a lot about the tabloids and their relationships with the royal family and how that business works, right? Um, I have to think, I'm not saying it's right, but I have to think that the tabloids are not going to bash maybe as much as they want to 
Kate mm-hmm. because she's married to the future king. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not saying that's right, but I also don't like tabloids. You know, I also <laughs> I mean, think, unfortunately for Megan, she had a couple things that play against her. One being an American, uh-huh. two being biracial. Um, I think, unfortunately for her, Harry falling in love with her and marrying her just brought people back to the whole Wallace Simpson thing. Agreed. Unjustly, but it was there. It was right. almost like, you know, he couldn't find a good woman in the UK. So he went to America and found an actress and brought her home. And now she's sure. going to be the princess. Okay. So, but you get over that after the first few months, right? Especially right. when you see how much good they're doing. And and that's that to me is kind of like, when does it stop? Yes. You expect some of that at the beginning, you know, and, 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 and Megan made a differentiation between it. She's like, you know, yes, they were rude to Kate. She got some rude headlines, but rude and racist, completely different ballgames. Like they were outright racist in the headlines that they were writing about to the point that Harry had to come out while they were dating and say, can you please just settle down, you know, give her a chance before they ever, before she, they ever heard her voice. It was, she's from LA. She's an actress. She's this, she's by, you know what I mean? It was almost like, yeah, she never stood a chance. Right. So, so why, why is this, um, you know, and I think they all, yeah, all of that stuff plays into it, but then you have, you know, I wonder why Sophie never had the drama brought on, brought on her. Um, you know, she's married to Edward. Mm-hmm. Edward never going to be king. You know, he's never going to be king. Um, and so... You know, I don't know. She's British, though. I guess maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. Um, you know, it just it, it feels like to me as an outsider that there was a lot of. There's a lot of different treatment for Kate and William oh, because absolutely. it is, you know, and and in a devil's advocate way of uh, how a family business is run. Um, there have to be exceptions for, you know, there, there's always that, well, you know, sorry, that's just kind of the way this family is, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we are going to have to treat William and Kate a little different because he's about to take over the business. Like, I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, I think there has to be that understanding as well. Right. Um, and that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I think Harry thought that was fair and, and completely expected. Um, and you're probably going to get to this, but to me, I still go back to the protection thing. And as far as, you know, putting out headlines that say, or just even making them stop, you know, do what you have to do to make it stop. Welcome her right. in, do something, you know, whatever you have to do to make it stop, it needs to stop. Now, Harry came out and said it all changed. And he he alluded to this without coming out right saying it. Yeah. Everything changed after the trip to Australia, New Zealand. And Oprah yes, said, did it, did it, did it 
remind you of your mother and father's trip to Australia? And he didn't come out and say yes, but you got that he, he what he was inferring was Megan was good at the job. She was right. very comfortable with the people dancing in public, doing the fun things, doing the touching, doing the conversations. Um, and whether that comes from being an actress or just inherently who she is um, or both. Harry, I think without saying it basically said she started to remind them of Diana. Right. The problem with Diana was that she became more popular than Charles and that was part of Charles's and the Queen's problem because King, Charles is the future king. So is the same scenario playing out with Harry and Meghan where she is so good at this. The people that want to see Harry and Meghan more than they want to see William and Kate because they do the fun right. things. They right. do the touching. They do the laughing. They do the selfies. They do the dancing. Right. Whereas... It's very much protocol with William. Yes, we want to see William and Kate. They're the future king and queen. Of course we do. But was there fear that she was better than Kate was at the job and that they together were better at the job than William and Kate? Right. And I want to say yes. Um, right. And that's why they allowed the takedown of Megan to continue even though they were acutely aware of where this could lead because of their history with Diana, they were willing to sacrifice Megan, maybe not so much Harry, but in, in essence, by sacrificing Megan, they were willing to sacrifice Harry to elevate William and therefore Kate. So we hear a lot about how Megan's never watched the press. Megan doesn't read the stories. Megan doesn't know what's being said. She would only hear it from her girlfriends that call her and say, Megan, they're not protecting you. Mm -hmm. This is not right. This is not right. So is there a possibility that the firm, the institution, um, does not find it their place to correct the bad press or to speak out? Because as we've learned, you know, it's, it's, it's always been very, very rare that you get a comment out of anyone from the Royal family about anything, right? Like that's always been the case long before Megan, that's just always kind of been a thing. They don't always verbally take a stance, right? Because really, as we all know, the monarch doesn't have any real power anymore. You know, yeah. that's the whole thing. So who are we to take a stance? So is that a possibility that they're sitting there saying, wow, yeah, that really sucks everything that's being said. Um, but what are we going to do about it? You know, Harry's, you know, we can't change yeah. the minds of the British people by saying, no, guys, really, Megan's very lovely. So that's where I come back to, no, I, I, what I will say is, no, I don't think they're in the PR business where they're going to hold a press conference every time and say, back off, Maddie. Guys, yeah, guys. Just, right. But I still go back to what Harry said when he said it's very much a two-way relationship with the royal family. 
we give them access in favor of favorable coverage. We give let them have their parties at the palaces or whatever they need to do, but we give them access to us as a family in exchange for favorable coverage. I think they allowed certain coverage to happen because I don't believe they don't, I don't believe they're blind. Do I think they're, they're unaware of headlines sometimes? Absolutely. Do I think they're unaware of headlines every time? No way. Because the people working for them in the palace will inform them, hey, so-and-so is coming out with this story. Right. Um, What I do they, but do we, should we expect a stance from them on it? Should we expect them to fight for Megan? I don't think they fought for Megan, but I think, do I think they maybe pushed a more negative narrative with Megan? I do. I think they allowed the narrative negative, the narrative message about here's what Megan's doing versus Kate is doing. And they allowed some of that, unfortunately, to become racist or become ridiculous, um, you know, because there was fear that she might get too much press and would she and Harry eventually overshadow the future king and queen. Um, So, so let's speak on the whole protection of that because protection was used in a couple different ways. Protection was used in the way of protecting Megan and her, her, uh, the persona, right? Mm -hmm. Like her, her view or the way that people viewed her, she did not feel protected. Mm -hmm. And then after Archie was born, there was lack of protection that was going to be the case for their child, right? I personally, and maybe I just am simple-minded about it, I'm trying to process the timeline of everything because, and and correct me if I'm wrong, is it is it that the that they were going to leave and go to Canada and step away from the senior mm-hmm. duties? Um, that was after Archie was born. We know mm-hmm. that. But was that be- because, from, based on what Megan said, was that based, I mean, was that because of not getting protection for Archie? So she as, said- as, well as, as well as the other things like Megan, you know, needed to get away. Megan, you know, was was struggling there and they felt like they were being mis misrepresented we know that but wasn't wasn't it because a lot of because when they were going to canada is when then they find out that they're not going to have security right right um which people i think were hearing it saying oh my gosh they're not going to give you security that seems crazy however from what i understand once you reach that lower tier of not senior Royal, then you don't get the protection. But I think she found out about the protection before. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact timeline. I think right. that she said a lot of this context context change when she found out he's not going to be given a prince. She's like, the titles aren't important to me. You know, I'm an American actress who comes over, but that's his birthright. So it's not about me. But he was offered a title and they turned it down. No. 
They were never oh, offered yeah. the title. She that was in the interview too, where she said, "I know, I know, it's a lot's been said that we turned down the title." She said, "But that's not true. We were told he wasn't going to be given a title. He wasn't going to be a prince, and he wasn't going to have protection." And then, but there was the discussion of the, uh, what is it, Charles or David or something, the fifth, what? uh, No, they were going to change the rules for him. And that's what she said became, why are you changing the rules so that he doesn't earn, he doesn't get that birthright? Why are you changing it for him? Because yes, there was some doctrine or something that was in place for offspring of the children of the children of the future king but they were going to change the rules back to the original. They only made an addendum for William's children because they did not know what uh, George was going to be, if he was going to be a boy or girl. Right. And Prince or the Queen wanted to make sure that everybody understood that if he had a girl first, that she would be Queen. That there would be that ability to have the female because it was it, the the doctrine or whatever it was said in the past that it was only for boys. Well, right? Yes. So the way I understood it, and I can't, and they didn't go into the detail, but he's not born initially. I think with that title, but once Charles is becomes king, he becomes a prince. And that's what they were told was not going to happen. He was not going to be given his birthright title. But on top of that, when he was born, because he didn't have a title, he wasn't going to be protected. He wasn't going to receive protection, which threw a lot of things, made a lot of things make sense. You know, I know we talked about after they were born, them doing their thing in Buckingham Palace versus the the steps. Okay, if you're telling me my child's not going to be protected... And I'm in getting racist death threats and I'm not being protected. Um, No, thank you. I don't want to introduce and and present my hours old baby on the front steps of an unprotected hospital. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things start to make sense, but I think that is when it started um, where the whole, they did say we were never going, we didn't want to stop. We didn't want to be senior Royals. We wanted to be, involved yeah sure they were just not from their senior stepping down levels right right but that and so does when you are not a senior level royal you basically lose some privileges sure yeah yeah so that's that's where you know i I did kind of feel like I wish there would have been like a flow chart on the side of the at this date, this happened. And Who is this a senior royal? <laughs> right. Are they right. senior and minors or are they senior and mid-level? Like, I don't know. Right. That. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I I think that that's just still a little foggy for me Well, about, about what, what was done for William's kids, which I... I kind of think was a ballsy, like awesome move on the queen's part to basically say, no, if they have a girl, like let's make her queen. Like, I love that. Yeah. Right. Um, So that was awesome. And I guarantee whenever that all happened, if we were talking about it, we'd be like, yay, that was great. So, but I, 
but I think that there were different circumstances that play into with Archie's. And so, yeah, so now the questions out there obviously are why, and was it a race issue? Was it because there was rifts within the family of this, whatever, you know, I just, you know, maybe I'm just like a, a sucker for the queen, but like, I don't know, like, it seems like in the way that they have this relationship with the queen, um, which seems to be so great. Like, I just find it hard to fathom that she's sitting there going, "Mm, no, I just don't think Archie needs a title. So I don't know. There's other factors that we don't know. Well, okay. So does Eugenie's child have a title? Uh, I don't know. So I'll find out. I don't think the issue was the title while the queen was queen, because no, he doesn't have a title as in the position where he is now as the queen's great grandson, who's not an heir to, who's not a direct. Right. Right. But the conversation was about when Charles then becomes king. Now Charles's children are the next level down and now their children become prince and princesses. That was the issue. That was the title issue. He was not going to be given, he was not going to be given the title when Charles was born. Right. It's the same with adults, right? When they change from like Duke and Duchess to mm-hmm. King and Queen Whatever. and Prince yeah. and Prince, all that stuff. Right. So yeah, everybody's yeah. stuff changes when the house changes, essentially. But they were told that even with the way I understood it, when Charles became king, he would not be given the prince, the title of a prince. He would he would be a titleless royal. And so that's where Megan was going. But you're changing the rules for my son. And I don't understand why. And she said, you know, it's not important to me. It's not important for me. But that's his birthright. You know, right. It is important for me that he he gets what he is, what he is entitled to. That is something right. that is important to me. So whether that's a prince or Lord or, you know, whatever, and she didn't go into these, but, but I get that. Like it might not be important that I'm a princess or I'm a duchess, but if I'm having a child with a prince and his birthright is to be a prince, I do care about that. You know, like that obviously comes with some benefits. I want my child to be, to be given everything he deserves. I don't know. It's so, so, so here's the breakdown. Okay. No great grandchildren have titles. Okay. That are um, not in children of a future king. Okay. Line. Okay. So Harry and Meghan's son, Archie, Eugenie's son, August, Zara and Peter's children. um, None of them have a title. Okay. Okay. Um, under the current guidelines, great grandchildren of monarchs are not princes or princesses. This is under the George V patent letters patent in 1917, saying that grandchildren of the sons of the direct male line, meaning the eldest son shall have and enjoy all occasions and style entitled enjoyed by the children in their realms. 
So Claire's the way I'm reading it. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. Clearly. Got it. So I'm just saying, I what I'm seeing is that they're basically saying, okay, anybody that's in direct line to become the king, mm-hmm. Charles, uh, William, they're, those kids get to have the title. But well, it would include Harry, too. Well, Harry is a prince. Right. But yeah. that would mean that when Charles right. becomes prince, that that Archie should also become a prince. When Charles becomes king, that Archie should then inherit the title he, of prince. No, because he's not the eldest son. Okay. I don't know. There was the something where, is- where she thought, or there was talk of that he was due a title and was not given it. Right. And I, I, that, I guess that's where I'm unclear on all this, because I just don't understand, like, you know, from what I'm seeing, the children of the the eldest son, who was the direct, mm-hmm. basically next in line type of thing, right, received the titles. Obviously, if something was to happen to William, you know, and things start to rotate, or if something happened to William's whole family, what, you know, I don't know, like what it all it would take to get to Harry being in the line, direct line, but he's not the eldest son. And I feel like we, I feel like that's kind of, I don't know. That's always kind of, I mean, it's, I don't really know. Like that's, it's so unclear. Like I said, I need a flow chart. I need to understand who's who I need to know why and when things happen. So that's another question that's out there. You know, um, they move to Canada. They lose their protection. Harry uh, said he was surprised about that he would lose his. He's like, I'm still a prince, so why don't you have protection? Right. And then then they are are cut off. Financially. um, Financially cut off. So they go to... LA mm-hmm. and live in Tyler Perry's house mm-hmm. and Tyler, which is all just really bizarre to me, right? Like, like, Oh, Terry, Tyler Perry's stepping in to save a Prince. I don't know. Like, um, so then Tyler Perry offers up his security mm-hmm. and they have that. And then we find out that they are utilizing Diana's money, like the inheritance that was left to Harry from Diana in order to build their life in California. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which uh, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, you know, and it, it's, um, I don't know. It was a lot to unpack. I feel like all at once when Harry came out, he was kind of like, you know, Oh yeah. Then we went to Tyler Perry's house and then we, <laughs> we had security from Tyler Perry. And then we, you know, we, we didn't have a plan. We didn't know what we were going to do. It's kind of like they made it kind of sound like they just like just left, you know, in the middle of the night or something. They made it very clear that they did not blindside the queen mm-hmm. on this, that they knew this was going to happen, which I think we've all, we're all clear on. Like, I, I never really believe that because there are protocols that have to be done, right? I mean, it's like they're stepping down from one position again, back to that chart. You know, if you step down from one thing, do you lose these certain privileges and yada, yada and whatnot? And yeah, there was just, I feel like the communication was lacking. I feel like it's some sort of 
bad marriage of the whole family where nobody's communicating. Therefore, Megan didn't understand what was going on. Harry didn't understand what was going on. And the people inside aren't, aren't talking to them. I believe and that's I, where the whole problem comes. I believe Megan had no clue what was going on in this. Do I think she was in some meetings? Yes. But, you know, I think she, for whatever people think about Megan, I think she ultimately knew this was not her decision. You know, that she couldn't make this decision unilaterally and say, I'm done. Um, no, of course not. I think the first part of the interview with just Megan, very informative. Let me hear her voice. Let her have her time. But when Harry came out, that's when I think the pieces of the puzzle started to put in play. And I think for the UK, now I'm sure their popularity has taken a hit for whatever reason, but he did an excellent job of explaining why everything happened the way that it did and the reasons behind it without going into detail. He explained the reason he left. He saw history repeating itself, his wife's mental health, his son wasn't being protected. He had the option of walking away. Now he didn't want to walk away completely. They just wanted to work with the Commonwealth instead of the grander UK. Let us do our work from the Commonwealth and serve you there. The queen said no. They said okay. They lost security. They lost financial support. So now, yes, they only have his mother's inheritance because Meghan has quit. Yes, she has some of her own money coming into the marriage. I don't know how much of that is left. But um, she doesn't have a job anymore other than being a senior royal. So she's not out there acting. And the fact that they said she should go on acting because, you know, there's no money for her. I find it hard to believe that you don't have money to protect someone with as much money as you have. You know, you can pull from different resources to protect someone. So anyway, back to that. But um, so then the move to L.A. happened so that they would be secure because they didn't have a plan and it was offered to them. And then the pandemic hit. So that's where they stayed. And then they found their home and then the decision was made. Um, But I think the important thing is, and I think it's also important to wrap around what all that means Harry said what people in the UK wanted him to say, but he also put it into context. Oprah asked him the question, would you have left if it wasn't for Meghan? And he said, no, I would have stayed. I would have done my duty. I would have been the dutiful prince. I would have served my grandmother and my country and my family. But I had the opportunity to walk away. And I had, and because of my family, because of Meghan, I had to do what I had to do to protect my family because I was scared to death of history repeating itself. And he said, and I'm talking about my mother. I saw this going that way. But he also said that his brother is trapped. Yes. And his father is trapped. Right. And I, I had, I took a little bit of issue with that. I'll be honest Mm -hmm. because it's one of these, like, I feel like if I was the brother, right. If I was his sibling sitting, I mean, We've heard that they did not watch the interview live, sure. but just like Megan doesn't Google were, Harry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. But if they were somewhere watching it and they hear this, Roasted you know, chicken. at that point, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the, the sibling looking at the screen going, you can't say that about me. Like, that's, that's first of all, not your business. That's not your place to say is my thinking. Like I kind of took this sibling feeling of, of 
um, how dare you say that I'm trapped? But I think he said it because he knows. Well, but, but is that his business to say? No, but I think he's mad. I think you could see how angry he was. And I think he wanted everyone to see He was. I mean, he's like, I'm done with it. Absolutely. We've encountered some disrespect. I don't care at this point. They're trapped. I'm going to tell you. But I think he, I think he felt like he was, I think, I think I felt like he was almost, I don't know, throwing his brother under the bus a little bit. Like that was my thinking to where maybe we don't know. Nobody knows. We don't know. What if William loves this role? What if William is like, you know what? This is my birthright. This is what I was born to do. This is the country I love and I'm going to serve in the best way. And you know what? People think I'm going to be an awesome king. Like people are ready for me to be king. I'm ready to take on this role and, and change things up a little bit. We've said that all along, mm-hmm. right? We've all said like, and eh, let's get through the Charles years and go ahead and get to William. Yeah. Right. So what if he's ready to do this? What if he's aching to do this so that he can make some change and some difference, but, but Harry's going to go, well, he's trapped, yeah. you know, me as a sibling, I think would be like, no, no, like, you, you say trapped, I say taking it on, you know, like yeah. there's a difference and we don't know because William's not going to come out and be like, Harry's wrong. Like I, da, da, you know, it's not, he's well, just not, not? He said they're not racist. Why wouldn't he say Harry's wrong? Why couldn't he say well, that? He could, he could, but again, he is going to be the king. So and maybe he wants to make it different and not start a bickering war with his brother. Well, and I, I will say this about William. I had very high hopes that maybe he would be the king to change everything. I, I, I get, I don't get that feeling from him anymore. I feel it'll be Charles will be much of the same. William be, will maybe much of the, much of the same. Now, had you said that Harry's going to inherit the crown, I would say, oh my gosh, that's going to be a monarch to watch because he's going to change things. I don't. The older William gets the less I see of his mother in him and the more I see of his father. And I'm sure that's the grooming that he's undergoing to become king. But I don't think, I think it's the old guard. And I think, you know, as much as respect as they had for their grandmother, it's that's always going to be there. She's the oldest ruling monarch. And I think, and um, there's going to be some level of, I don't want, I'm not here to change what she's put in place. I'm going to protect that, but maybe I'll let a smidge here. I just don't get that from William anymore. And so I, well, and I don't think we've been allowed to feel that way about him anymore yeah. because it's been a lot of Harry and Megan, you know? Um, I think maybe he's doing the Royal thing by laying low. Yeah. Maybe he's doing the Royal thing by saying, all right, look, everybody can go and have their little business with Mary, uh, you know, Harry and Megan and not be, you know, and want to dive in that business, but I've got stuff to take care of right here, right here in my country that I'm doing and I'm doing it well. And yeah, you know, I, I'm not the king yet. I can't do certain things, but my time will come, you know, and that there's just that part of me that still feels like there will still be a change up in things. And you know what, especially now, you know, do you think- if, if anybody's going to change up things now, I think it's going to fall on William because he's the one in that generation that is living this a little more realistic lifestyle and seeing the way that times have changed over this, you know, lots of movements that are happening and lots of 
things that have happened in this whole, our whole world that have brightened some people's eyes. You know, he's the one that's, uh, I, I just feel like he's a little more relatable to people. And, you know, I don't know. I just, like I said, that was just sort of the feeling that I got. It kind of gave me a little pit to be like, mm, I don't know if I would have spoken for Charles or William. Do you, you know, maybe you could have said it differently. Maybe you could have said, you know, I felt like I was trapped and, you know, maybe it's somebody else's role to take on and maybe, maybe they're better suited for it. I don't know, but me, I was trapped. Do you think there's concern for Charles and William that Harry and Megan now have this platform and now we understand that they've done all these things with Netflix and Spotify because they need money. He said, I have to have money. We weren't thinking of doing streaming services. That was introduced to us because I have to have the streamers. The streamers yeah. <laughs> because I have to have money to protect my family. I have to have money for security. So yes, I'm going to do whatever I can, you know, and, and do it the way that I want to do it. But yes, we've been given this opportunity I need, I need that money. So yes, I'm doing it. So that I'm glad he put that, put that out there because everyone was like, Oh, it's Megan, whatever. But do you think there's fear with Megan and William or with um, Charles and William that this Oprah interview and what they do next, that Harry and Megan will somehow overshadow them because America has kind of started to take a step back and embrace them as our American Royals just over the last few days of what I've been reading and protection of them as a couple against the monarchy. Do you think there's concern that they'll use their platform and they'll elevate to the point once Charles becomes King and once William becomes King, that there'll be some competition there. Not, not, not negative competition, but more of they have a larger platform. They can do these things. They're in the press, they're in the news versus had they been over here working for us. Right. It would be, it would be, you know, kind of managed. Right. Um, well, you know, I, I, I don't know because I see on, um, basically over this past week, I've gone to the Royal family's, uh, Instagram pages mm-hmm. that they all have, you know, Eugenie has a page and the, uh, Buckingham palace has a page and blah, blah, blah. No. Um, and so when the queen made her response to the interview, um, which we'll we'll say in just a minute. Um, you know, I was reading these comments on there, and obviously this is an internationally followed page. It's not just British people following it, you know. But it sounds like, based on the comments that I read, because um, there were lots of them, um, it was very heavily favored in, we support you, the queen. Mm-hmm. We support the queen. We support the queen. Everything was, you know, thank you, queen. You're the best. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Positive stuff towards the queen. Yeah. There were some trickled in there being like, you know, how dare you treat Harry and Meghan like this. But Mm -hmm. there, there was so much visible support, which, you know, we love our queen. We love our country. A very, you know, I, I can't help but wonder and and think that maybe William and Kate or maybe not even Kate just William is sitting around going you know what fine like you want to go you want to go and do that stuff go ahead 
but I got a country to run. Like I've got a, I got a, not run obviously, <laughs> but like I've got a position to hold and I am the oldest. This is something I've been waiting on. Like it's going to be my turn and I need to be ready and prepared. And so I ain't got time for y'all right now. I ain't got time for this, this mess going on. Instead, I'm going to focus on my people, the people that are here, the people that are supporting us in this family business and my philanthropies and my charges, my military duties, things like that. I'm going to stay focused on that. Y'all, y'all go do your business in LA. That's fine. I'll catch a podcast here and there. So I started thinking because really Parliament does run the UK and, you know. Right. So when Harry moved, Definitely. Forward, there were 72 million or 72, well, not million, 72 members of Parliament that came out in support of Megan and the negative press that she had been receiving and that his right. family wouldn't even stand up. He's like, and not even one member of my family would stand up. You could tell, speaking of anger, that that got to him. I started thinking in the back yeah. of my head, like, he's going to show up to Parliament for a speech one day <laughs> and then it's going to be like, right. Here I am. But then I started thinking, inevitably, he, maybe not Megan, but at least he's going to have to go back to the UK. You know, his grandfather's ill. At some point, his grandmother is 99. There's coronations. Will Harry be there? And I'm like, well, and what will that that, look like? (laughs) I know that everybody's going to be anxiously awaiting, like, July 1st, I believe it is. They are revealing a statue for Diana somewhere, not like at the palace, clearly, um, but like somewhere there's a statue. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you know, somebody's in there going like, we really should move this to the palace, guys. Like after all this hullabaloo, let's just put her out front. Just, for, just Go ahead. It's fine. Chalk it up to it. But no, there's a, some statue being revealed in Diana's honor somewhere. Mm-hmm. And William and Harry have both already committed to be there. So we know that that's going to be like this summer. And like you said, I mean, nobody wants to talk about it, but Philip and, and the queen are both obviously nobody lives forever. Right. So these things will happen, Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how that all plays out because there's there's going to be things that they're going to have to be at. And I thought um, like, the royal wedding was the only thing I had to wake up early to view. Now I'm going to put things on my calendar now. Like, okay, here we yeah, back home. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, I found it interesting that they said that had they had more support, they would still be there. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, you know, I, I get what they were saying. I get that they were saying like all this stuff built up and then that's why we left. Um, but you know, you just said your brother was trapped and you said you were trapped and stuff. You didn't say that your brother, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was just a tiny bit of contradictory there for me because I felt like, hmm, but. but, Well, but but he did say that was our duty. That, he did say because that was our duty. The only reason he left was to save his family. I mean, he did say, look, all things being what they are, had it not been for my wife's mental health and the way right. we were, I perceived us being treated. Yeah, of course he was. I mean, Megan even said, yes, I committed to this. I wrote people letters saying, I am committed. Use me as you will. But I don't know. I don't know. I, 
it's I'm still team Henry. You know, I don't know. And I, I'm a little bit proud of William right now. And Kate. Well, it was the, I, I had to laugh a little bit at the, and I'm not making fun of this. I'm laughing at the way it was presented because it's funny for me to think about, but like Megan's like, I went to HR. <laughs> no, I was you like, know? Even I was like, girl, you don't go to HR. <laughs> you go to granny. <laughs> right. You're like, I went to HR. And then she said, I wrote emails to people. And I'm like, mm, like, I don't know for, but, I just felt like, you know, if you were having these wonderful times with the queen, but yet you had to write emails to other people to ask for things, but yet nothing else got answered. And then, Harry, Harry, you know, made very clear that because not to diss on him here, but we know Harry has not had the cleanest past when the term race, racist and issues. Right. That's been a problem. Um, And he made it very clear that until he had to walk in Megan's shoes or be there in Megan's life, that he was very um, blind to it, maybe. Right. right. Um, Oprah used some sort of fancy term and I can't remember what it I was, but <laughs> yeah, but basically he was saying, look, I was wrong. I've had problems in the past. And until I was with Megan, I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Right. So is there a slight possibility that, th- that they just needed some more time with Megan? Who's they, the family? Yes. Well, they were there, what, three years? Two years? Two, I think, I, right? I, I mean, yeah, I think when it came to, I think Megan, I think, I do think Megan got scared. And I don't, we don't know all the conversations that Harry had. Um, but I think the reason, you know, we laugh at her going to HR, but I do think that Harry did say, those are things you just don't talk about in the family. You get on with it. So I think Harry said that, like, maybe Megan said, should we talk to your grandmother about it? And Harry was like, no, she's the last person we bring this to. The queen doesn't need this, um, you know, brought to her that you're feeling this way. And so she was probably like, well, I had a union. I mean, we went to HR. I'll just go to HR. And they were like, um, no, that's not how this works either. But I don't know what more so- time would have done. What would, what would more time have done? Because there was time. I mean, I guess how much time do you give it and what are you giving it time to do? I just right. don't I just, I just wonder, I'm bringing it up. I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate. If like, you know, if, if the way things are the way they are, which is they've made pretty clear, like you're not like sitting around and, and hanging out in the evenings and like playing Parcheesi together as the family, right? They're just kind of, each doing their own thing and running their division of the business. Right. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like maybe uh, that I don't, I mean, I'll say like, I don't think they should have had more time, but I was bringing it up in the sense that Harry made it very clear that until he walked in her shoes, he didn't realize. So, so I'm just saying, like, maybe there was never that much time with Megan because that's the way that family works. Is They're not hanging out all together and getting to experience the things like Harry experienced, you know, because Harry had his speckled past of 
you know, Nazi uniforms and racist comments and things like that. So I just, you know, now there's just a big racist target on them right now. Right. Yeah. I think. And that brings up, well, I'm just saying that brings up what the queen's response was, which was kind of unheard of to get a response. Everybody was pretty much saying like, we're not going to hear anything because we never do. Like they just aren't going to respond to this because they don't have the power of, of anything, you know, they're, they're a figurehead, right? So her response says the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan, and Archie will always be much-loved family members. So what was your feeling when you heard this statement from the Queen? It was similar to her. I do. Um, I do believe the Queen. And I think, you know, it was very similar to the one we heard, except, you know, throwing in the, the racial problems that she had. Right. It's very similar to what we heard when, when um, they left, they left the senior royal position. I do think it leaves open an opportunity. I think, you know, we're right now, we're still just a week out from the interview or the broadcasting of the interview. And emotions are high, you know, on both sides, you know, it's the memes are out there that you can see, but in there, some are funny and some are just kind of like, you know, it's us against them again. I mean, there's been this much tea spilled since the Revolutionary War, <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's almost like, when the dust settles and some time has passed, this is an opportunity. I would say more so in the Royals, the ball is in their court, but it's an opportunity for them to do the work that Harry spoke about that he did. It's an opportunity to bring both sides to the table again and say, you don't have to be working Royals. And, you know, if you change your mind in the future, that door is always open for you and your family. And of course we're going to protect your child and, give him any title that he's that he's in, inherited, that's going to happen. It can't happen tomorrow because it'll look like that's why it was done because they, you know, but if it happens two years from now when Her- when Charles becomes king or whenever that happens, I think if the royals do not take this opportunity to heal the rift with Meghan and Harry and do the work and show some change, I think for them, it hurts them more in the long run than it does Harry and Meghan because they'll be private citizens. They'll do their charitable work. They'll be put on a world stage by someone somewhere. They'll have a platform and they'll continue to use that. And if Charles or William or both of them don't take the opportunity to extend a hand and say, let's talk about this, they're going to miss something. I mean, the fact yeah, that I mean, but already- I'll be already talking about why are you investigating Megan for someone said three years ago that they were bullied by her and you've released this information to the public yet you're still not investigating your own son. You just say, just, just don't go out in public anymore and represent us slap on the wrist. You know, what you did is horrible, but we're not going to, you know, we're going to sort of protect, we're still protecting our family. And I think that's where Megan was saying she doesn't they, she doesn't feel like they embraced her as part of the family. In the beginning, yes. And Harry said, in yeah. the beginning, everyone welcomed her. 
But I don't think she felt that extended once she actually became a member of the family. And so I think that's where the work and the opportunities exist for them to come back together and just say, there was wrong, there was hurt on both sides. There were things said on both sides, but in the end, at the end of the day, we are a family and we, we do get through things and we're going to exist together. We have done the work, you know, we are, we are saddened that she had that feeling and that some of that is on us that we didn't do more to protect her and to embrace her in the way she needed to be embraced. And we apologize for that. You know, I think something more has to be said, more has to be done other than just putting statements out and doing nothing about it. It's one thing to say it, but unless you do it and show the work that you're doing, it's all just hollow words coming from the queen or not. Yep. So do you think that they are a racist family? Do I think they are a racist family? No. Do I think they have some inherited inherent biases? Absolutely. I mean, you can't come from where they've come from. And let's just put it out there. They have some Nazi sympathizers in their family. They have, their family has been known back in the world war two days to, they have German roots, you know, they have Nazi sympathizers. Some of that inherently is trickled down. Harry even said, I grew up in the family I grew up in and knew what I knew, learned from that family. What he was getting at is there is some bias. You Do I think they are purposefully racist and that they're walking around the palace spewing the N-word and not hiring people of color and like, you know, attending white power rallies? No, I don't think that's happening. I don't think they're like skinheads. Do I think that maybe... Do I think that maybe they have some biases? Sure. I mean, they're human. We all are. Right. Um, right. And that's why I say they sure did miss out on an opportunity to learn. Um, but if the opportunity is not gone. You know, they've got a sister-in-law, a daughter-in-law, a granddaughter-in-law. They've got a grandson, and a, a nephew, a niece coming. The opportunity to heal and learn is there. And I think that would be welcomed not only by people here, but there's a younger generation in the UK that I think would appreciate that too. And a diverse population in the UK who may feel excluded. And maybe this is pushing them away saying, I told you, I told you she would not be accepted. It's a way to change that narrative and say, we can see how we would be perceived that way. And that's on us. And we need to, to change that perception. We have to do more than go to the Commonwealth countries where there's people of color and hang out with them for a week. We have to do more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly they've, they've, they've all said it. They've said it in the Royal side. They've said it on the Harry and Meghan side is that everybody's got some work to do. Right. Yeah. They mentioned that Harry has some work to do with Charles and Charles has some work to do with Harry. William and Harry have some work to do. And maybe this situation um, is just going to go ahead and clear the air of all the stuff, you know? I mean, I kind of picture like 
hey, why haven't we heard from you guys lately? And and Harry being like, did you not watch the interview? You know, and, yeah. and like referring to the interview for everything, like we said everything, our piece, you know, again, I'm still a little confused as to why they did the interview and why they chose to take this stance when, you know, they've mentioned that security and, and threats and different things have been a big problem. You know, I, I, I'm not confident that I feel good for how, I mean, I think there's still a big old group of people out there that are not happy with Harry and Meghan right now. Well, which is why they didn't do the interview at their house or at Oprah's house. They did it at an undisclosed location. Of course, you know, I I fear that there could be some more drama in the future, right? Um, Because of the choices they've made, you know, I mean, um, and and yeah, that was a, there's a lot left up in the air. Um, You know, I, I, the problem with this is, is that this is royal news and which means we're not going to get much more out of it. Um. I don't think there's going to be much more publicly given to us. Right. Um, we all got our big juicy news. You've talked about it for a week and now that's going to be about it. They caught William as he's walking by. He made a comment. We're not a racist family. Um, the queen makes a statement, says the key word, you know, some recollections vary, you know, which, Hey, We've all been there. Somebody says something and then another person remembers it one way and another person remembers it another, well, right? Also it's, how someone takes it. It could have been meant as a harmless thing, but when you're married to a biracial woman or you're a biracial person hearing it, it's very offensive. So yes, of I recollect it as you were doing it to offend me because why other why otherwise would you say that when right. that's where I talk about inherent biases. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know when you were That's right. So that's why I think that that exists in that family. But I also don't think the queen, I think this was their cry out for, you won't listen to what we have to say. So this is, we're going to make you listen. But I also think the queen kind of knew, although they didn't know the questions, come on, you got to know the topics that are going to come up. I'm sure the queen was very well aware in advance that this interview was going to happen and that they weren't going to have topics that were off limits so that these were potentially things that would be said. I do think, yeah. That happened. I also think it's unfortunate yeah. the timing with Prince Philip being ill and in the hospital, and that's not on them. But no, um, of course not. No. But you know, I think that I think yes, I don't think we're going to hear a lot more about it. But I think there will be there will be something. The, they have the royal family has to say more than we're not racist. <laughs> like okay, right, um, right. It's you know, I get. I mean. Yeah, I guess they do, right? I mean... And that's the one thing they're sticking... That's like their sticking point. That their one talking point. We're not racist. Okay, but did you cut your son off financially? Well, yeah, I did that. <laughs> like, yeah, I removed his well, like, well, but but I guess that's the thing that, you know, you, you, you can justify those other things with yeah. the family business, right? Yeah. You can justify like, hey, like, eh, he kind of stepped away from his job, so you get a pay cut. That's what happens when people... <laughs> get demoted or something, right? Or they take a lower position on something. You get a pay cut. Yeah. I mean, there's little things that you could justify, obviously, if we were really trying to do that. The race thing is a, is a, like a character attack, right? It's not, it's not a, um, how you operate your business. 
And it's so weird that we're all referring to that now, but that's why they say that. That's why Prince Philip coined that term, the firm, Mm -hmm. is because he says this is not a family, this is a firm. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be, I I would love to hear more from them, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is all going to simmer down a little bit. And then we're going to hear some, you know, one day there's going to be a new baby girl arriving And that's this summer, you know, I think July 1st, when the Diana statue is revealed this summer, when a baby is born there, there will bring some more topics up and things will lighten up and change a little bit. Um, I think we'll see some, I think we'll see William and Kate out a little more. I think we'll see Charles trying to be a little cooler. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to see that. I mean, I know. I mean, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I kind of think that's what's going to, they're going to visibly try to be a little different, but that's a PR move, right? That's a firm, a business move. Um, So yeah, there's just a couple different stances in there. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be ongoing for a while. I think the tensions are going to be there for a while, but then it will simmer out. Um, You know, so we mentioned there is a girl, baby girl coming and we got some exclusive footage of Archie oh my gosh, um, on the beach and playing and, you know, um, hearing some stories about him. And, you know, I, I, I loved hearing that stuff. And I think people will continue to want to hear that. But um, I hope that Harry and Meghan, if they're going to do this, then do it. Like, you've said your piece. Let's move on. Let's let you guys try to lead this private, quiet life that you were looking for, even though you chose to do an internationally viewed interview, but you're trying to lead this new fancy, uh, quiet life. Go do that. Like, please, like, let's, I I want that for them because that's what they were longing for, you know, but the Royals are hopefully going to be working on their own stuff inside internally, as the queen says, Let's let them figure that stuff out. And then let's everybody touch base again this summer. Like, that's what I'm kind of. Baby Diana is born. (laughs) Note to self, it is not going to be named Diana. The rumors have been that they will not name the baby Diana. First of all, because Charlotte has it as a middle name. Oh, does she? But second. Yeah. I didn't know that. it's, It's one of her middle names. It's like Charlotte Diana Elizabeth or Elizabeth Diana, something like that. Um. But also because um, one of Megan's friends said that she knows that Megan does not want to put that pressure on a child um, to have that name attached to it when they've done this separation of stuff. And then they're like, oh, and never really going to say it to you. (laughs) (laughs) You Princess Diana. Someone said name her first name Princess, second name Diana. Oh my gosh, that would actually be hilarious. Um, somebody did say Spencer would be a really cool name cool. for the baby. Yeah, cool. so I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to adjust that on a different episode to see. Like we're all, we're going to be on Baby Watch now, obviously, just yeah. as we were the first time. So there are some exciting things to come out of this. Um, there's obviously so much more that we could unpack from this, but and we could we could talk for hours and hours. Um, but 
we're not there <laughs> and we don't know these people and we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And, you know, you just have to hope from a family standpoint that the brother relationship, the father relationship, the grandmother relationship, all of these are able to still go on once everybody's simmered down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the chick chatter in us really wants some more dirt. So we'll stay tuned. We, we hope that there's more to come, but fortunately next week or next month, excuse me, when we have our next episode, we're going to get back to our normal lives of things, things that we can control, you know, like what we watch on TV and what movies are happening and what dirt is going on in you know, celebrity stuff, not royal things. So we'll take a little break from royals next time. Jeanette, thanks for breaking things down for me, even though I'm not quite sure we... We didn't do anything. You know, solved any problems, but... it to them. I'm going to call Oprah and see what we missed. Well, you know, I know that she has more. There was a long interview, a lot of the interview that was not shown, and we've we've heard that. So there's more episodes. There's other things, too, that might come out in the future. Who knows? Um, bravo to Oprah. I think she did a fantastic job. Um, I'm so glad she read. Yeah, I'm so glad she read the notes I sent her prior to the interview about <laughs> how to get things done. And I thought she did a very good job. So bravo to her. Um, but we'll wrap this up because we've kept everybody long enough. And like I said, so much more to come on this and so much more we could have said, but we just wanted to talk it out a little bit. So Jeanette, thanks so much for spending time with me. Today. Yes, it was fun. I'll continue to read the tabloids. Of course, of course. And in the words of Archie, as we've learned, we're not going to say my normal catch you on the flip side today. We are going to remind everybody to watch and listen to all the other shows that the mesh has to offer over at themesh.tv. If you have more questions about the Royals or about anything you want us to discuss and maybe try to solve the problems, let us know by shooting an email to info at themesh.tv. But again, in the words of Archie, drive safe. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.